are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Do you want to do work or shoot later on? I think we're going to do work or shoot here in about 20 minutes. You got it, Ken. You're the boss. We do You're damn you right I'm do. the boss. Can I be in charge for a minute? Thank you very much. Got people on hold. We'll try to get to those as we go on because I, I got to get this off my chest about what Derek Carr said. He said he felt disrespected there. To clean a couple of things up, we say hello to my good buddy Jimmy Hanlon from Fox Sports who is listening right now while he's working on his golf game. He's a PGA pro. He's one of the very best. We say hello to Jimmy, one of our good buddies on this show. Hopefully bring him on for the next major. Got a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of people getting in about their, their experiences with the participation trophies. I, I Folks, I stand corrected. America, I'm corrected. I didn't realize there were people who were that passionate about participation trophies because I thought the very the biggest thing, and it goes from the Fernando Tatis, is that there were a couple of people who, who said that he should have had the bet on his shoulder. A lot of America said, hey, it's 3-0, you're a paid professional, your money is based on your statistics, go ahead and take a swing. And I said, gosh, that's been done to death. I think that's basically a, a dead argument, is it not? The whole old unwritten rule thing it reminded me of participation trophies. There was no strong, passionate defense, because, again, I catch more flies with honey. But there were people who gave reasonable arguments. But I would still say... What's going to make a bigger difference to the young man? Satin jacket or participation trophy? Warm-ups, T-shirts, hmm? or participation trophy? I think those other things will. The biggest question will be, will be for my sons. And Hickey asked me this during a break, and I said, I'm going to leave it up to people. I'm going to turn that into something I'm going to bring up on air as well. Someday, my son has already been in a T-ball league. He's five. He didn't get to do it this year because of the COVID. But he was in a, in a TOTS league when he was four. And if he were to got a participation trophy, do I take that away from him? Do I have the heart to take it away from him? I think I do. I don't know when it's actually going to be there. Because I've said a million times before, I'm, I'm not to be their friend. I'm supposed to be their father. Does it make any difference? Would he understand if I took away that participation trophy? That's another thing. Is it a participation trophy that's really meaningless? And do I turn it then into something where he remembered his dad was mean to him? I have to discuss that with myself and really think about that before he gets a participation trophy, which I'm sure he may very well get by the time it's all said and done. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Also quickly on the Letterman jacket, people all roundly agree there was a question asked by somebody here what to do with it after high school. You just put it in the closet and away it goes. You don't want to get rid of the jacket. It's a memento from way back when, and it sits in the back of the closet. Like maybe your old uniform did where you were a marching band or maybe one of the other things, it just it sits in the back. That's what it does. Derek Carr, a couple of weeks ago, I've been waiting to get to this for a while. Derek Carr, a couple of weeks ago, says he feels disrespected. You know what I know, that's silly. But it made me wonder about who is actually disrespected in this league. And I think about a quarterback that if, if this were any other era, I think we'd marvel at this man. 
I think we'd marvel at him and his ability, what he's able to do, but since he comes from a bygone era, or because his play is is more styled of a bygone era that has now crept into the real life of what we live with now with NFL quarterbacking, his accomplishments, which are incredible, incredible, mean as little as they've ever met. In 1983, John Elway went into the NFL. Dan Marino went into the NFL. I consider them the, the fathers of the modern quarterback. Stand back, boom, let it ride. 3,000 yards aren't enough anymore. 4,000 yards aren't enough anymore. 5,000 yards, 4,500 yards, they become the standard. Multiple touchdown passes, they become the standard. And now they've become such a standard where we're numb to them anymore. And now it's your hardware more than anything else. You know, I wonder what we'd feel of Dan Marino if he played in this era. I wonder what we felt about John Elway before the two championships when he had you know a great offensive line and a good defense and a great running game. How we would have felt about John Elway before that. Because I see Patrick Mahomes and you'll see Lamar Jackson and now it's getting to the point where you have to win something. Because everything that this position has evolved into, we've already seen. We've become numb to it. It's about titles. It's about hardware. No such thing as participation trophies in this one. It is about hardcore results, championships, playing for championships year in and year out. Thank Tom Brady for that. That evolves the position a little bit more, but still stands out on its own merit. I don't think Derek Carr is disrespected. I think Derek Carr gets exactly the thoughts that Derek Carr should get. A quarterback that's in trouble of losing his job, a quarterback that probably should be thankful that Marcus Mariota is looking for new life where he can maybe beat him out. But John John Gruden made that abundantly clear last year. He's ready to look in another direction. He's ready to try to find somebody else. John Gruden is basically like a bad husband. He might not cheat. But right there in front of everybody, he'll just let everybody know how hot he thinks another woman is. He talks about different quarterbacks all the time. His mom about other quarterbacks says the same thing in the draft. Remember Kyler Murray last year? Just like a bad husband. You're out to dinner and he just talks about how bad his wife looks or how much better looking another woman looks. Just a bad husband. Even worse than a guy who cheats in some cases. Good God, at least a guy who cheats will lie to you. John Gruden didn't lie to anybody. I feel bad for Derek Carr in that case because I think you need to have a good support system to be a good quarterback in the league, and Derek Carr's looking for some sort of a guidance, and he can't find any. But the guy who I think is truly disrespected, if I were to look at this of a guy's career and I were to tell you that at the end of his career he had 67,000 passing yards, which would put him fifth all time. If I were to look at the touchdowns that he threw, which would probably be extrapolated out at the end of his career to 401, which would put him sixth, maybe seventh all time at the end of his career. If I gave you those two stats and I said nothing about that person, you would say, gosh, that's a Hall of Famer. 67,000 passing yards? 401 touchdowns? Because when I did these stats, this player was 10 years into the league. And if I took out another 10 years and then saved the last two years and extrapolated the numbers out, I came up with 67,047 passing yards, which would put this player at fifth all time. At the touchdown passes that he had when I did this adding, 237, if you put the eight together, 401 passing touchdowns all time. That would put him, or 401 passing touchdowns for his career. You would put him at six all time. 
probably seventh because he's in the same era right now as Ben Roethlisberger, who would probably either be ahead or just around him, so sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. But still, that's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But the thing missing from this guy is the playoff accolades. And you think I might be thinking Phillip Rivers. I'm not because while everybody loves Phillip Rivers and everybody, while it's an arguable point, a lot of people think that Phillip Rivers is more than likely a Hall of Famer. He played in a lot of big games. The Chargers were a good football team. We don't really remember this all the time, but he played in a lot of big games, and he lost to who? He lost to the legend of the generation and Tom Brady. No, the most disrespected quarterback that I can think of, a guy who probably most resembles the Dan Marino of our generation, and I think if I put this guy on the Bills, the Chargers right now even, or even over the last 10 years, the Patriots, certainly the Patriots, the Jaguars from a few years ago, I put him on Tennessee with Mike Vrabel, or I put him on the Cleveland Browns. What do we say about Matt Stafford in 2020? Because I can bring up a couple of guys, and I've, I've said it before. I think Drew Brees I think Drew Brees is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. We know he's a Hall of Famer. He's a likable person, certainly beloved in New Orleans. I understand that there was some hot moments here this last summer, but I think eventually bygones will be bygones. He's done a lot of good for the community, and he's been a great quarterback, and he's, he's pulled that franchise out of real serious problems. Not just society, but within the NFL. We remember the Greg Williams incident. He was the guy that got them past all that. He's been a tremendous, tremendous quarterback. And I feel that he's more underrated. Tom Brady, some people make the argument about being overrated. He, he doesn't even bring into this mix. There's a couple other guys I think you make the argument for. I think you make the argument for Matt Ryan. I'd listen to it. I think you could make the argument for Phillip Rivers, but again, I think a lot of folks feel, the majority of people feel that Phillip Rivers, maybe not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but probably a Hall of Famer. But I put Matt Stafford in this mix, and I think that Matt Stafford stands out above it. If I look at those stats, that's a guy. If I look at those stats, I say, that's a guy who's not just a dude, that's a Hall of Famer at some point. And you'll say, well, Ken, what about Megatron? He had Megatron. All right, who else did he have? What was his running game? Joyke Bell? A couple of decent running games here and there. Nothing really to speak of. The offensive line, when healthy, had a chance. No, nothing great. When healthy, had an opportunity but lost guys that could really help out his offensive line. I think Matt Stafford is the victim of circumstance. I think Matt Stafford, if I put him on any one of these other teams that have been competitive over the past 10 to 15 years, I think that he's the most underrated, I shouldn't say underrated, but certainly the most disrespected quarterback. Because anytime we start talking about Matt Stafford, and we're on in Detroit, and we're always loving the people from Detroit, we're on for Matt Stafford, and anytime we start talking about Matt Stafford, I get calls from Lions fans talking about trading Matt Stafford. It's been a frustrating time. And and losing Calvin Johnson and having Calvin Johnson in the first place, who is one of the most talented wide receivers that we've seen in this generation, one of the most talented wide receivers there, and not really being able to do anything, yes, is a knock against him. But I see Matt Stafford with different head coaches, a poor organization, poorly ran, poorly, poorly worked over, poorly coached, with a defense that... Any time it ever had a chance, loses players or has players leave in free agency. You had Indama Kunsu for a moment, and then that goes away. There's nothing there that's consistent with Matt Stafford. If I get 
all these other quarterbacks that we love. I could see that Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan will be together for a very long period of time, should be together for a very long period of time. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, it goes without saying. Andy Reid's in his 60s. If he continues to coach, which I think he probably will, you'll see Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid probably have a famous relationship. Doesn't always work out that way. Deshaun Watson, we always feel that Bill O'Brien is one move away from, from losing his job, even though he seems to gain more power. Sam Darnold has a lot of talent in the world, but it doesn't look like Adam Gase is going to be very long for the Jets. Again, that's that's probably more the Jets' fault and Adam Gase's fault than it is Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield, we've discussed him ad nauseum. Was given the keys to the castle at a way too early age and ran it right into the ground. And now they're trying to resurrect his career. Yet over the last 10 to 15 years, have I seen a guy who notoriously puts up more yards with as little as what he's had, and yes, that includes Calvin Johnson, than I've seen with Matt Stafford. I don't think I have. And if for the 2020 season, I were to put him as a veteran on the Buffalo Bills that have a good athlete and a, and a quarterback with a lot of talent like Josh Allen, if I put Matt Stafford on that Buffalo Bills team that was 10-6 and six last year, What's that Bills team in 2020? If Matt Stafford's on a 6-10 and 10 Browns team from last year and I put him on the 2020 version of that with a better offensive line and with still those same weapons, what's the Browns record in 2020? Same question for even the Jacksonville Jaguars from three years ago. Same question for the Indianapolis Colts, who have went out and got a bunch of people, including Phillip Rivers. If I put Matt Stafford on the Indianapolis Colts that were 7-9 and nine last year with Matt Stafford and Frank Reich, how much better are the Indianapolis Colts? Hickey's a Colts fan. Hickey knows. What we look at in Detroit is not an also-ran. It's a guy who's the Dan Marino of his generation. A guy who has a ton of yards, who has a ton of touchdowns, who still has a live arm, who has been very, very tough and has played through tremendous injuries. A guy who's been the best leader he possibly can be, but because there's already been a Dan Marino, and now it's changed from just amazing, amazing accomplishments and yards to what we see now with championships, he means very little. I feel for Derek Carr in his case. But if we're talking disrespect, it's got to be Matt Stafford. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up next, work or shoot. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Congratulations to Ike, by the way, who's having a kid. Did you hear about that, Hick? Oh, I missed that. No way. Yep. Congratulations to the dude, man. His boys can swim. Uh, I remember those two kids got married. Ike's family was not a fan of her, if I can say such. Well, we had lots of conversations with Ike. Ike's a good kid. 855-2124-CBS. Second week we get to do this. Billy did a hell of a job last week. You got some big shoes to fill, my friend. A lot of people, by the way, agreeing with me on Matt Stafford. I love that agreement. Let's keep that going. Who's the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL? We'll answer that question. We'll take some of those calls coming up shortly. But it is time. The second rendition of Work or Shoot. All right, big shoes to fill, Ken. Here, let's go. I'm Hick. a little nervous. Let's see what you got for everybody. So I know you, don't you have, talked. You don't have. You don't have the big voice guy saying "worker shoot" yet. Let's get it going, babe. Let's go. You said we didn't need that. Eh, I say a lot of things. Oh. Go. What's your first one? What's your first All one? Right, let's so go. You just talked a lot last hour. Fernando Tatis Jr. broke an unwritten rule last week by swinging at a 3-0 pitch. Um, 
obviously in a blowout. Now, workers shoot. People were more upset despite the fact that only a handful of people were actually upset about the broken rule. The unwritten rule, I should say. I'm sorry. There, uh, uh, explain that again. Workers shoot what? So workers shoot. People were actually upset despite the fact that no one was actually upset. Oh, that's a total work. That's a total work. Nobody was upset. I don't think anybody was really upset. And I actually wondered, somebody else made a, made a good comment about Jace Tingler. And this is why I walked this back on him a little bit. Because I, I just don't like calling for people to be fired. These are, these are livelihoods here. These are dream jobs. And I don't, I don't like doing that. It's just a nasty thing to do. I wouldn't want people to call for you to be fired or me to be fired. So I don't like calling for them to be fired. But if he really meant that, I think I'd have a problem with it because you're getting in, in the head of your 21-year-old hitter. But some people thought he was doing it out of sarcasm. To the, te- to the Texas Rangers because they got so upset about it. I know that there's such a thing as unwritten rules and there's protection, but I love where people are going with this, and, and by and large, 99% of the public agreed with it and thought that he should swing away. I like it because it's professional sports. In professional sports, players are paid based on statistics. They're paid on what they do, and Fernando Tatis is a fantastic young player, and he should be able to do some damage in Major League Baseball for some time to come. I I like that people don't like the old ways of baseball and that hopefully that will make baseball evolve. Like if that many people in our age group, Hickey, are that upset about this, then that means that a guy who's 30 years old now who maybe is playing Major League Baseball, he might be a manager in 20 years and this is going to change. This conversation about these unwritten rules those things are going to change. But that many people actually being upset about it? No, total work. Next. Work. All right. So, despite a dominant performance in Game 2, there is legitimate concern that the Lakers won't get out of the first round. Work or shoot? Total work. We need something we need to talk about. A couple of series have been a little bit... A couple of series have been a little bit surprising. I'm a little bit surprised Miami has taken it, taken it to Indiana the way they have so far. I'm really surprised. I, I shouldn't say I'm really surprised, but I think there should be at least a little bit more fight in the Philadelphia 76ers for them to just get drilled like that. Hey, it's great for Jason Tatum. It's great for the great for the Boston Celtics. But for the Sixers to just roll over and die, you can give me as much as you want to with injuries, but that's ridiculous. I want to see what happens with Dallas without Luka Doncic. That could be an that could be an end series. We're looking for things to talk about, and it's always the same thing with it when it comes to the Lakers. Is we're always waiting for the other shoe to fall with LeBron. We want, I think, we want Father Time to catch him. I think we're tired of talking LeBron, and we want the next big thing. I think we want Zion to, to step up there and to go into the playoffs next year and to maybe lead the Pelicans to a couple of deep runs. I think we want that. We thirst for that. Because I do think that that's part of the reason why some of the ratings have been down, and not just this year, but as Ethan Strauss illustrated earlier in the show, as I told you earlier in the show, for the last eight years, these ratings have been in decline. Well, you kind of have the same guys that are there. And so it takes away some of the fun, some of the drama, if the same people are winning on either side that you really don't care about. And Kawhi Leonard, for as great as a basketball player as he is, he's too quiet. And you can make a joke about his awkwardness when he's not quiet, but that's still not going to get really people really excited. Zion, great personality, media savvy. I think that once he does slender down a little bit, now I know what I look like, so I'm, I know, I'm being nice about it. When he does slender down and become a man, because he's still he's still young, he's still got a little bit of that baby fat on him. When he slenders down a little bit, he's going to take over this league and he'll be ready to take over the league. And I think he's the guy who actually gets the torch, not Giannis. I think it's going to be Zion. 
It's going to take a little bit. So do I think that Dame and, and Portland can actually do it? I think that the fans or the media really want to see that happen. I say it's a work. Next. Work. Giants head coach Joe Judge has made some waves this week for making his players run laps for mistakes and penalties. Now this is just another belly checking tactic that won't resonate with players. Work or shoot? <sighs> Hickey. Yes, Ken. You know I'm very close with the Cleveland Browns. Yes, I am well and, aware. And I watched Freddie Kitchens do the same thing. And it did not work. Your question was what again? This will not work or will work because this of the will Belichick not tree. work. Another Belichickian tactic. Yeah, that's a shoot. That fails. That's a shoot. You got to be you. If that's a Belichickian tactic, if we've learned anything from head coaches out there, if you're trying to be Belichick, you're going to get fired. And you're going to be bad at it. Romeo is not Bill Belichick. And Romeo, I think, was a failure in Cleveland because he tried to do a couple of Belichick things. Now, some Cleveland media would disagree with that but I think that he's too nice of a man to act like Belichick. He really is. For Bill O'Brien, I think that he's been a better coach, and I think that he's done some of his own things, and now he's got as much power as Belichick. Hey, I know that we're up and down on, on Bill O'Brien, but he's done a lot of his own stuff, and don't think I haven't forgot already about Brian Flores down in Miami. Brian Flores is his own man. That is not some Belichick clone. Brian Flores runs Brian Flores' system and got five wins out of a team that really shouldn't have been able to beat Alabama. And he was able to do that. That guy is a hell of a coach, and he's doing it his own way. It makes me a little bit nervous when you throw in, well, Belichick did it, so he's able to do it. Well, Belichick's won a bunch of Super Bowls. Belichick has a name. Joe Judge hasn't done anything. The only difference, though, from what I'm talking about from my situation in Cleveland to their situation in New York is Joe Judge wasn't an assistant the year before in New York. And I do think that makes a difference. Joe Judge is more of a hard-ass, more of a hard-line guy. So I think that might have a chance at working in that in, in that situation. But I'd be careful if people start throwing off that name. You, you really got to be your own guy. You can't help but pick up some of the things that the people before you did. And learning as an assistant underneath those people. You can't help but do it. But Joe Judge needs to be Joe Judge. He cannot ever imitate Bill Belichick or that thing is not going to work. Professional football players, professional athletes in general, they will sniff that out real quick and good luck getting that locker room back. Next. Shoot. All right, Ken, so Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians joined our own Tiki here in a yesterday afternoon and said without preseason games, the team has to watch their intensity and practice even more because he doesn't condone fighting. So workers shoot. Fighting in training camp actually helps to build team camaraderie. I flip-flop on this. I think that's a work. Work. I think it's a work. I think it's something that guys like me make up because we want to see things like that. We want drama. It's natural. It's going to happen. Guys are going to push and shove each other. It's hot. You're not running into other people. You're competing for jobs. You're supposed to be in a team atmosphere, but you're also competing for jobs that pay you a lot of money. Naturally, it's going to happen, but I think there's still too much stuff that you have to accomplish without having to stop and blow a whistle and try to put, have it pull apart between a guy on offense and a guy on defense. There is too much that needs to happen. Pushing and shoving and, and maybe a couple of grabs of a face mask here and there, it's going to happen. They're grown men, and there's all those circumstances I told you about before. But I agree with Bruce Arians, and I used to, be, I used to love camp fights, and I used to get so excited about them. 
And then I grew up and realized that's really stupid. They're trying to get something done. I have to say that is a work. Next. Work. All right, Ken, we'll finish up with this. The hype train for Kyler Murray continues. First, a few months ago, NFL Network's Bucky, uh, Bucky Brooks, excuse me, selected Murray to be his 2020 NFL MVP. Then this morning, in his weekly mailbag column, Jay Glazer of The Athletic predicted Murray will be the next breakout star in the league, similar to, Mar, uh, similar to excuse me, Lamar Jackson last year and Patrick Mahomes two years ago. So Kyler Murray, worker shoot, will be the next breakout star in the NFL. Boy, I'm trying to think of another breakout star. I can't say. Well, he was the number one overall pick last year. Gosh, I got. Uh, I got it. Do I have? To, I think I have to say shoot. If Joe Burrow goes out there and does well, Joe Burrow's expected to do well. It's so weird. Kyler Murray was a number one overall pick. How many people, except for Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury, and Arizona fans and, and Oklahoma fans, expected Kyler Murray to do well? Am I wrong? Were you not waiting for him to fail? I, I thought he had a great chance to su- uh, succeed with Cliff Kingsbury. I didn't. I, didn't. I think but. that I thought that he would have a chance. Cliff Kingsbury is proving to be a, so far proving to be a better professional coach than a college coach. Just because you can't recruit doesn't mean you can't do up the X's and O's and attack an opponent. So I think Cliff Kingsbury is finding where his calling is really supposed to be, and that's in professional football. But I was just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. He's 5'10", and that's on a good day. And anytime you see him stop his feet for a moment, it closes like a lotus. But he's been good. He's able to move about the pocket. He's tough. He's accurate. So I would have to say, yes, he's the next breakout star because I thought he was not going to be very good when he got drafted. I thought that they were overthinking that down in Arizona, and they were going to lose out on that. They ended up with a lot of respect at the end of last year, and now I think that division is too tough. I think that division, even with the Rams, some people say that they're down on the Rams. They were still 9-7 and seven last year. McVay's still proven to be a pretty good coach so far. I want to give the Rams their proper credit. We always talk about Seattle. We always talk about how tough that division is, and obviously with San Francisco, they might play in a really tough division. But say say Arizona goes, can I get to 9-7 and seven this year with Arizona? From 5-10-1 last year, that means Kyler Murray's kicking ass and taking names, and that might be a playoff spot. If they get to 8-8 eight eight or 9-7, and seven, that means Kyler Murray's doing exactly what he's supposed to. Yep, he would be a breakout star. I don't know if that's enough to put you at an MVP level. I think you got to play those two teams or those three teams too many times for you to be in that spot. But, man, he looks like he could be a breakout star for that football team. So I'm going to say straight shooting. Shoot. And that is worker shoot. Hickey, you did a good job. I was, I was nervous. Billy yeah. Billy did great last week. I was figuring he was going to go pretty bad, but thank Congratulations. you. Ken. Congratulations. Well done. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. The most disrespected quarterback in the NFL, and we're all looking forward to 2021. 2020's been a rough year, but maybe we should do the same with your young quarterback. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Final segment of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. That's a toll-free line, and it's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. Right now, you could save a bundle. Did you know right now, Geico's offering an extra 15% credit on car, RV, and motorcycle policies. That's on top of what Geico could already save you. What are you waiting for? Visit geico.com to learn more. Also, today... 3 o'clock Eastern. 
I believe it's today. It might actually be on Sunday, 3 o'clock Eastern. Regardless, you should always be on CBS Sports Network. Don't miss PSG versus Bjorn München. Neymar versus Lewandowski. Who will raise the 2020 Champions League trophy? Pre-game begins at 1.30 Eastern. Watch on CBS Sports Network and stream on CBS All Access. Hey, did you go to the beach this week? Before I get to Steve in Florida, did you go to the beach with your sister? No, not this week. I've gone too many times, so I took it easy this week. Did you did you did you respond to me saying that's a little bit weird? You go to the beach with your sister, and so you stop going to the beach with her. Is that how that worked? No, no. I you know I have another beach trip next week, so I figured okay, this week maybe I'll just take it easy. Maybe you know get some stuff done on the house, get some you know just stuff that I put off for a while, get that done. So it was a very motivational, uh, mot- not motivational, but uh, one of those like I could I could see you going to the beach. Down. I could see you as a father taking the family to the beach. I could see as a son going with your family to the beach. I could see as the young man you are going with your girlfriend Lauren to the beach. It's just, I just don't realize you're going with your sister to the beach. I don't see why it's so weird. You sit it's there. A, it's just a little books, bit weird. Listen to a podcast. We're talking read? to you on the phone. What books you read? I was reading actually, this is before all the college football stuff went down. Phil Steele is a big preview magazine. Did, you didn't take a picture of it, and you didn't tweet it to him, so it doesn't count. True. Well, I bought mine, so you know I'm not oh. the, the special media that gets it mailed. I, you know, I give I give Phil my business. I was supposed to be. They didn't send it to me this year, probably because they were like, "Well, Yikes. we're not going to waste our time here sending this." Sending this. We had him on the air. Did you yeah. did you drop it in? You know, drop a hint like, "Hey, you know." Hell yeah, I dropped it in there. Are you nuts? Yes, you know, of course I dropped the it in there. magazine, Phil. You know, couldn't couldn't do without it this year. You know, they must have got lost just, in the mail. The media version no, so it's, went, went it's out and okay. bought it. It's okay. They probably just assume that, hey, there's only going to be three teams or three conferences that are going to play college football this year, so what's the point of sending it again? Okay, that's fine. Good We're point. The They're in Ohio. Ohio State's going to yeah. definitely shut the door. Let's just save our money. Let's send it to someone else. Yeah. Send it to bring, an SEC media member. Let me go to the phones here. I, I, I got something to say about college football and about not playing your quarterback too early. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I gotta get to Steve in Florida here. Steve, I'm gonna hear I'm gonna hear you out on your call. I just wanna ask you. Hickey how Hickey is twenty five, twenty six years old. His sister's really in the same age group there. He goes with his sister to the beach. Is that weird? Yeah, just a little bit, man. That's uh that's, that's yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, I th- I think the same thing. Okay, thank you very much, Steve. Go ahead with the call, buddy. Yeah, I was just listening to you talk about the uh, the participation trophies, and uh, you had you had mentioned something about I think your son maybe four or five, and he was playing uh, little league ball or whatever. Yeah. And why, I think uh, I just a suggestion to you, which you you might want to do, because I'm against the whole participation award thing. I think it's meaningless. I think it's embarrassing because you're teaching yourself to achieve nothing and be proud of it. But what I think maybe you what I'm doing with my kid, and what you might want to try. Is while they're like four or five, yeah, let them have it because they don't understand yet. But be ingraining it in them and putting it in them, you know, what it really is and how meaningless it is so that as they get older, they won't want it for themselves. That they won't be satisfied with mediocrity. They won't be satisfied with just trying hard. Um, And so as they get older, that they will adapt, you know, to the thinking that, you know, I've you know, I'm not achieving anything just by going and joining the team. I'm not proud of this trophy because it doesn't. You haven't achieved anything. You just you tried hard. That's yeah. That's, that's what I do. It, get it to where they don't want it for themselves. Hmm. Okay, I can see it. That all right, Steve. Thank you very much for the call and participating. 
Oh, sorry, bro. Uh, Hickey dropped you because I'm not in control of the buzzer right there. But, no, Steve, thank you very much for the call. Probably Hickey dropped you too because you made fun of him because he goes to the beach with his sister. Hickey would drop me if I made fun of him going to the beach with his sister. Hickey, that's very weird, man. 855-2124-CBS. Is it weird that Hickey goes to the beach with his sister? Aside from that, no, from what Steve was saying, and we got into this conversation earlier because I thought from the Fernando Tatis, everybody agreed that Fernando Tatis should have swung away and, and went ahead and hit a grand slam, and he shouldn't have been ostracized, quote-unquote, by, by his own manager for hitting a grand slam. But we all agreed with that. So I didn't think that was the take, and I felt it was the same thing with, with participation trophies. It was a little bit surprising to me that there were that many people advocating for participation trophies, and there were people that made plenty of sense about it. Guys like Andy in Wisconsin who runs hockey hockey tournaments. I was like, well, you know, we want kids to be able to play hockey and, and get out there and get exercise and all that other stuff. And I said, oh, that's great. Now, me personally, satin jackets, warm-ups, sweats, T-shirts, mugs for mom and dad, whatever. Maybe that might be a little bit better. Because if I'm not mistaken, when the kids went to the Beast of the East, they got, tur- they got some warm-ups or a bag or something like that. They didn't get a participation trophy. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Let me get to Clay in Mississippi. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Clay. What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing wonderful, Clay. Thanks for asking. I hope you're the same. Go ahead. Oh, man, I'm working on Saturday, which I usually do, but I'll listen to you every Saturday. And I, I was appreciate just checking it. in uh, with you about like a couple weeks ago, you uh, proudly said that uh, the SEC would fall in line with the Big Ten and cancel their season shortly after the Big Ten did. I wondered if you like your your crow cold or you like it hot. I don't think I said that. Did I? You, you did said this? not. Not, not Clay, rewind the tape. Clay, Clay, you Clay, 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 Clay. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Fall in line at the at later on uh, in the week we were coming into, and they would cancel their season. You most definitely did. I don't think I did, Clay. You I did, swear dude. to Clay, I have no problem. I was sitting on the phone and sat on the phone for like 30 minutes waiting for you to come to me to tell how, you you were crazy. Because how would I say? Happen. No, I, I, Clay, I swear to you. Do you listen to the show after me too? No, I don't. I listen to you. You only listen to me, and I said that? Yep, you sure did. Boy, I'll take your word you for have, it. I, if you look at the call log... I called in and sat on hold for like 30 minutes, and I had to go after that because I had to go. Damn, you're sure you work. thought you, you – you're sure I said that. I That does I'm not positive. sound like something I'd say. I'm positive. Yeah, I mean, just admit it and say you were wrong. I know it's I, but, hard for Clay, I got, you guys Clay, I got no problem that. saying I'm wrong. I got no problem saying I'm wrong. I say I'm wrong all the time, and I am okay, wrong we'll all the time. We'll I don't it. think I said that. I don't think Dude, I said that, Clay. No, you know you said that. Clay, I, I swear to God on my sons that will not be you allowed to have participation trophies. I do not believe I said that. The line leader and the SEC would fall in line coming up next week. That's no, no, there's no way I would have said that. There's not, yes, uh, Clay. Come on now, because you're I swear to you about the Big no. Ten making all this more, so much more money than the SEC. Well, not what? this year, brother. 
Clay, I swear to God, I never said any of that. Dude, you better stop I never to said you're, you're, any of that. You're gonna, you're, I never lifeline that. is about to come to an end because you might get struck down like when you walk out the door because you're lying so bad through your teeth. I mean, it's, it's about to happen. I'm massively overweight, so I'm about to have a heart attack at any time. I'll agree with you on that, Clay, but I, Clay, I swear to you I didn't say that. I Dude, swear. Hey, producer. This Mr. was producer, last, this was last week or the week the before. Tape. He said it. He did it. I'm calling him on it. Just admit you're wrong. Just admit Clay, you're wrong. Clay, I got. I got to let you go. I got to let you go. I was wrong. Have All right. Thank, thank you for the call. I did not say that. There is not a chance in hell that I would have said something like that. There is not a chance. I'm not going to be able to get to this young quarterback thing. I bet because I want because I, I need a little bit more time. I'm still going to be able to do it next week. I don't think there's a chance. Now Hickey wouldn't know that from last week if I would have said it last week because he was at the beach with his sister, which we've all agreed with here in the United States. Whether or not you agree or disagree on participation trophies, we all agree that Hickey going to the beach with his sister is a little bit weird, a little bit off-putting. There's not a chance in hell I would have said that. I said a billion times, I'm glad Clay brought this up because I've been wanting to say this for a couple of weeks. I've been rooting for a college football season like crazy. And it's not just about whatever beliefs or disbeliefs we have in science. I want there to be a college football season. One, because I think it will be a tremendous test of coaches. And I wanted to see what the Big Ten would do with P.J. Fleck, who had a tremendous season last year. Are you going to be able to coach him up? Or are you just a good recruiter and, recruiter? and did you catch some people off guard last year? I wanted to do the same thing with Matt Campbell over at Iowa State which they claim they have a tremendous team this year. Well, if they have such a good team, he should be able to coach him up. Maybe he'll be able to catch a couple of teams off guard in a weird 2020 season. I was hoping to do that. And the other part of it is, and I have it written right here in black and white over some of the notes, is that, yeah, I wanted to do it simply for the argument. I The SEC would fall in line with the Big Ten since when has anybody in the SEC wanted to fall in line from anybody from the Big Ten, and that's not just even in football for crying out loud. I say a lot of ridiculous things, and I say a lot of things that I know I'm wrong about, and I have to admit later on that I'm wrong about. Hell, we I said I spent a whole show one time saying Antonio Brown wasn't going to be signed by the Patriots, and as the show ended, he was signed by the Patriots. I ended up winning in the long run on that situation, and don't think I didn't do champions pose when it happened. But I'll admit what I'm wrong. Hickey, I don't remember this. If this happened last week or the week before, there, I don't think there's a chance I would have said that the SEC would have fallen in line. I wonder if Clay's maybe misremembering, like, because there's a difference between falling in line, following suit, and coming to the same conclusion, but with different, like, different ways of getting there, right? Like, they could I, the only I have referenced. Play. I have referenced Paul Feinbaum. I have referenced... A couple of other college football people, Dennis Dodd, when they've brought up that it's only a matter of time before the other ones do, like U.S. Paul Feinbaum or Dennis Dodd, they don't think there's going to be college football this year. Now, if you ask anybody in the SEC, the ACC, or the Big 12, they'll say to go cram that with walnuts right now, but things can change. That's as close as I've ever had to say. I've been convinced from the very get-go of this. When we brought this up, when this thing first started back, when we knew about it really from the winter, but now in March is really when we start to pinpoint it. I thought college football would be very difficult. I didn't know if they'd gonna, they were going to be able to play college football, and I said they probably won't be able to play college football. But I said the SEC, 
they're going to do their damnedest to play college football. I said they're nuts for it down there, and they are. I don't think any of that's wrong, and I do want there to be a college football season. One, because I want them to be able to play safely because I want to see what we can do in this country in, in living as close to a regular life as we can with some of the things that we have. I want them to be able to do it safely. I want young people to have the opportunity, and I underline opportunity to do all that, but that's all virtue signaling stuff because I'll admit to you, I love having college football season because I like doing the argument because I don't get a lot of it during the week up in Cleveland, and when I fire it up on Saturdays and I start getting SEC fans into it, it's a lot of fun. So, yes, I want a college football season, and I did not think, not by one modicum of truth, did I think that the SEC was going to fall in line with the Big Ten. Quite the contrary. If you find the audio of it, I will eat those words along with a lot of other things. Big thanks to everybody who joined us today. Jared Dubbin was great. Also fantastic. Sekou Smith, as always. Find those guys on Twitter. Follow them. Big thanks to everybody in New York. I'm Ken Carmen. You guys have a wonderful